Okay, Boker Tov. Today's daf is Daflamet Zion in Sukkah. Again, we learned for a four shlema for Yosef Azriel Ben Chai Michal. And we're also learning for a four shlema for Josh and Judy Grossman, who are both in the Corona Ward, uh, Yochevet Basara and Yaakov Yoshua Ben Malka. Right, we left off yesterday in the ninth line down on Daflamet Zion, the end of the line. Yesterday, the machlokas between Rabbi Yudah and Meir, Rabbi Yudah says that the schach of the sukkah, not the walls, the walls can be made out of anything we learn, right? But the schach must be made out of the same four minim that we take the lulav with. They have to be made from the same minim. It doesn't have to actually mean you take lulavim, but the tree, we said any parts of the tree, as it was the last thing we proved yesterday, whether it's the... Uh, the uh, the sieve, the base, you know, the fibers around the tree or the roots of the tree, as long as it's a lulav for a palm tree, that's, uh, you can only make the schach out of that, but you can't use other species like uh, pine or or uh, olive or whatever. Uh, that's Rabbi Yudah Shita, says the Gemara, Mira Rabbi Yudah, our boss, Mira Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah, really say it, but Tanya, we learned, we had a bryson before, but it says, Everybody agrees that if you use planks that are four tfachim wide, this is not four amas, four tfachim wide, that that's puzzle. We said because that's because uh, of Xeris Tikra, because it looks already like a uh, regular ceiling, and you might not even come to remove your regular house ceiling and use that for schach. So even Rabbi Yehuda, according to Shmuel, said that uh, even dalit tfachim wide is puzzle. But it says over there, right, only if it's four tfachim wide. It says in the Psalm shall eras cedar, cedar planks. If they're not fort fachem wide, Rameir postal, Rameir apostles anyway. Rabbiuta Machshir, the Gemara over there discusses. Rabbiuta says it's kosher. Umadar Rameir, Rameir says in Yesh be nesser lesser between each plank. Kamoli nesser. If there's a space, there's a space between each plank, this equal size of the planks. Sheminiach pesuben, you could put a strip of wood of kosher schach between them. Bekshem, that's kosher. Fine. That's the machlokas over there, but Rebuta still says it's kosher as long as it's not four tfachim wide, even though it's made out of cedar. That's not one of the four minim. So the Gemara, my eras hadas. When it says over there, eras, it actually means hadas myrtles. Kedarai, what do you mean? Is, is cedar the same as myrtles? Rabbi explains, they said in the yeshiva, Asara mine rosumim. There's a regular cedar, but they actually there's four different, there's ten different species of cedar, one of which is the myrtle. Shinemar, Pasik says in Yeshaya, attain the midbar eras shita vadas. Lists over there are seven or eight different ones in that Pasik, uh, it's different kinds, and it means to say, not that they're different species, but they're all different it's subspecies of cedar. So he's saying, therefore, when he says, Erez immediately means myrtle. That's how, uh, and Adas, of course, is one of the four species. So it's a subspecies of cedar. When we say Erez over there, we mean Hadas, and according to Buda, which we don't paskin like, you can only make the schach out of the four minim. Of course, we don't hold that way. We hold you can make the schach out of anything that grows in the ground. It's not, not attached, obviously, at this point, and it's not Makabaltuma, so it's not a cleat. Uh, if it's like a fruit, we said, if fruits are makabaltuma, uh, so, so if a mukshul makabaltuma, they're makabaltuma, therefore you can't use fruits themselves, but you could use branches of fruit trees. So in Mishnah, we said that Rameir said that, um, Mishnah says that you, when you tie up the lulav, when you bind the lulav, four minim together, actually three minim, right? Three minim, uh, the lulav, the, es, the lulav adas and the, asha, and the aravas, we tie them together. You have to use the same species, says Rabbi Yudah. Why? 
because Rabbi Yehuda holds, we said the Rabbi Yehuda's shita is that that's part of the mitzvah, right? Rather, right? Why? Because since Eged is part of the mitzvah, uh, you can't add an additional thing. If you add an additional thing, you'll have four species, you'll have an, an additional species. And that's, that's what we said in the Gemara, the, yesterday's Gemara. What's Rabbi Yehuda's reason? He holds Lulav needs an Eged. Binding is part of the mitzvah. They have to be bound together. We learn out from Lakachtam Agudas Azov. Why the A's of the hyssop of the, uh, we say over there that it's got to be bound together. Here too, uh, by, uh, we have it by uh, the Paraduma. Um, and um, here too, Lakachim has to be an Eged. And if you bind and if you use a different species, you said you have to, it will come out, you have five species instead of four. That's what Buda says. Rameir disagrees. Rameir says you don't have to, Eged is not part of the mitzvah. It's just to make it look nicer, but it's not part of the mitzvah. And therefore, you could even use a cord, you could use anything you want. Tanya Mermeyer, Maisa Kirushlaim, this this Brisa brings down the same story that Rabbi Yehuda brought down. He says, uh, and the Mishnah says, Amar Mermeyer, Maisa Banshei Here he tells the same story. Mermeyer says, Maisa Kirushlaim, the wealthy, the noble ones of Yerushalayim. Sheyu Ognas Lavan Begimena Shazav. They used to bind their Lulavim with strands of gold. Gold certainly is not one of the four minim. So this is how Mermeyer brought a proof from a story to prove his case that you can use anything to bind the uh, the uh, to, to bind the three together and therefore make your wreath. It's called like a wreath. The, the Hoshana, the referred to in the Gemara over here, is uh, sometimes referred to Hadassim, sometimes to Arabas. Here we're talking about the whole wreath of the three Minim. Amulo, they said to Rameir, that's no proof. Mishamra, you think you're bringing proof there? The Minohayogdan, there they used to, they actually used to bind them with their own min, let's say with the lulav, a, a leaf of the lulav. Milamata, that's how they did it. And therefore, what they, the, um, uh, the strands of gold were only used as an ornament above. And Rashi points out, explains it. Rashi over here, a little bit above where we are. Nimsa, Eger, Bauma, that's just for decoration. It's not to make the mitzvah kosher. Baltosif and Baltriga that we mentioned before is only when that's part of the mitzvah. When you're making it part of the mitzvah, if you have to bind it, you have to put a binding, and the binding is not the same min as one of the four minim or one of the three minim, so then you're adding an extra min. But if you're just doing it for beauty, then it's not a problem. And that's what Mayer says. Mayer says you could use anything you want because it's just simply to make it look nice to have them bound together. It's not part of the mitzvah. Now we're going to see a, a few stories in which Rabba and Rabba disagree. Rabba is usually Rabba Rachmani. Rabba was a student. Rabbi told Lahana Magad the Hoshana, these people who used to bind the Hoshanas, bind the wreaths, in other words, the Lulav Mesra, the Lulav and Adas and the Aravas together, the Beirush Klus and the Exilarch's house, they had special people who prepared them for them. They bound them together. Kikid Lisa Hoshana, when you bind the Hoshanas, the Beirush Klusa in, in the Exilarch's house, Shari Yad, leave a handle at the bottom. In other words, the binding, we'll call that the binding that you put on should be further up. So that they, when they hold the lulav and the esrei, when they when they hold the three, their their hands are holding the items themselves, not the binding. So he told them, when you bind them, leave some space bottom. Let's don't make the binding at the bottom where the handle will be, where they're holding them, but leave space at the bottom. Because otherwise, the binding itself will be a chatzitza, right? Because you're holding it in the binding. You're not holding the items themselves. Right, Bein Yad Loshana Rashi says between the hand and Loshana, Bein Zulakicha, you have to take it. Can't be that'll be a problem with the, it's it's a chatzitza. Uh, 
So he, apparently, uh, whether he owes it's part of the mitzvah or not, apparently he owes it's not part of the mitzvah, because otherwise it's a chatzitza, right? If, it, if it's part of the mitzvah, so then wouldn't be a chatzitza. Maybe he holds like Rameir that it's not, it's not part of the mitzvah, that it's not, uh, it's, not, um, uh, it's not part of the mitzvah, the binding, you simply make it look nice, but if you hold it on the binding, it'll be a chatzitza. So he says, leave room at the bottom. In other words, make the binding further up, right? And then hold, this way they can hold the lulav and the dasim and the arabas. They can put their hands directly on them. Won't be a chatzitza, won't be an interposition. Rabbah says, no, kola anosa in a Anything to beautify it is not, is not a chatzitza. Chatzitza, we know, is something between, you know, you can't, if you go to the mikveh, you can't have anything on your skin, between the skin and the water, right? But if it's something here in this case, it's to make it look nice. Even if you say that it's not, and apparently he holds it, it's not part of the mitzvah, but it's to make it look nice. That's not a chatzitza. That's to make it look nice. And therefore, that's how we hold. Another thing Rabbah said, you shouldn't take the wreath. We mean here the wreath, the, the three, the three. The Hoshana here we're referring to is the wreath, the lulav and the adas and the rabbas. Don't hold them in a handkerchief or in a cloth or whatever. Some people might hold it in their talus, let's say. We said, means take them complete whole, right? There shouldn't be anything missing. It won't be a proper lakicha because you're not holding it. Your, your garment or your handkerchief or your cloth or your talus is holding it. Rabbi says, no. If you hold something via something else, that's still called a lakicha. Now, in other words, we're not talking about the issue of chatzitza, right? Here he's talking about holding it for the chatzitza. Tosus makes a difference between the two. Tosus says chatzitza is, so to speak, on the item itself. If there was an issue of chatzitza, Rav holds it's not a chatzitza. The end. Most of us, when we hold our lulav and esri, how do we hold it? We usually hold it with the binding, right, that holds the three together, right? Usually we hold it. That's not a problem because that's just part of the, that's to make it look nice. That's not a chatzitza. But he makes a difference. Here he, here he doesn't say the issue is chatzitza or not. Before, when you're talking about the item itself is a chatzitza, even without your holding it. In other words, the lulav has a chatzitza around it. It's got something around it. Here the issue is it's in your hand. It's in your hand. The issue is not your hand. Here We're talking here about taking it with a handkerchief or a cloth or a talus. It's in your hand. That's the question. So he says, you know what? So anything in your hand, taking it ayde sabrachar, is not a... Is not a uh, it's not a problem. It's still called lakicha. It's still holding it, even if you hold it in your hand. <clears throat> so therefore, he says, holding it by something else is not a problem. Even though, even though we talk about, Ratosus points this out, we had in Kachim, that when it comes to the avod in the base of Migdash, or certainly the shochet who shechts the carbon, or doing any of the avoda, there you have to have your hand directly, because there, it's a bazillion, it's showing that you don't want to get your hands dirty. If that's the issue, then it's not a problem. We discussed this before also in Kachim and Chulim, that uh, Moshe Feinstein had this question, are you allow, is a shochet allowed to use gloves? If the reason he's using gloves is because he doesn't want to get dirty, then he's being, he's being mezalzal in the mitzvah, right? He's, de, he's depreciating the mitzvah, showing that it's, 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 it's filthy to him. That's improper. But if he's wearing gloves because he's got a skin disease or because it's freezing outside and he's doing outside in the cold and it's not mezalzal in the mitzvah, then it's not a problem. I think that's what we said, Ramosha, as I recall correctly, I'm not sure. Any case... So we're saying over here that the problem is not the chatzitza. The problem is, are you holding it in your hand? So he says, you shouldn't take, Rabbi says, you shouldn't take it to tell us. Rabbi says, no, holding something by you, something else is still holding it. That's not a problem. How do I know that? Says Rabbi, Amar Rabbi, Menah Aminah. How do I know? It's still called the kichah. Ezov, Katser, 
Now, when it comes to the paraduma, he has to take hyssop, dip it in the in the little bottle or the little tube that's got the uh, that's got the uh, um, the part the may paraduma, right? May paraduma. So how does he do this, right? So let's say he, so he sticks it into the uh, into this uh, trough or into the tube. So he says, let's say it's very short. The amount of hyssop is very short. Misafko, he can suffice it with or attach to it a bechut, a thread, or bechush like a spindle or a little, you know, any any little item that'll hold it. But tovil, and he tovils it. Then when he picks it up, he tovils it. He takes the hyssop and dips it in via holding it with a thread or a spindle or something. Umal, umal then he lifts it up. He's got the, the liquid now on the hyssop. Ba'oches, and he holds it in his hand. Be'ezov umaz, and he sprinkles it. <clears throat> okay, and that's how he does it. Amai, how is he able to do it via a thread or a spindle? Amai, v'lokach v'tavol amachmana. He's got to take it in his hand. The hyssop is supposed to be in his hand. Elulav shma'amino. You see from over here, l'kicha yidevarach hashmol l'kicha. You see from over here, they're taking something, al yidei, something else, through another agent, something else. You're not holding the hyssop directly. You're holding it in a, you know, you put it in a spindle or, or attach it to a reed or a stick or something or a thread. That's okay, right? That's okay because holding it by something else is okay. Oh, so if that's the case, why do you have to put it in your hand when you sprinkle it? There Rashi says, because if you don't hold it in your hand, it'll go, it'll, it'll fray, it'll, 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 um, it'll wave around and he won't be able to do it directly. And you know, he won't be able to sprinkle it directly on the person. So that's a problem. That's why you should put it in your hand. And not because holding it by something else is a problem. So this is a proof from over here. Even the Puskas take the hyssop in your hand and dip it. And he's allowed to take it not in his hand. He's allowed to take it through something else by attaching something else. That shows you that taking something through another agent by something else is okay. So it's more who says, there it's different because he attached the hyssop to the thread or to the stick or the spindle, whatever. He attached it directly. There it's something else. But over here we're talking about, can you hold something in your, it's not attached. Here where you took the talus or the handkerchief or the cloth and you held the lulav in that, it certainly wasn't meant disrespectfully. Maybe just the opposite. You hold it in your talus, you know, you want to give it kavod. Just the opposite. The question is that consider holding it. Maybe that's not. You're not attaching it to it. You can't bring me the proof from the case of the hyssop. We need another proof. Elabayacha will prove it from here. When you prepare the meiparaduma, the Pasuk says, Mayim Chaim El Kali. First got to put the water into the trough. Okay. Then you take a tube of the of the uh, afer, of the ashes of the paraduma, and you pour that into the trough that has the water in it, and then you mix it again. That's how it's learned out of the Pasuk Rashi describes all that. So let's say, let's say you didn't take the tube of the afer of the of the ashes and pour it into the trough, but rather it spilled accidentally into the trough. It says Elamelch, the last line on the page. Nuffel Mishroferis, let's say it fell accidentally, it fell from the tube. The ashes fell from the tube Lashokas into the trough. Puzzle, that's disqualified, that's no good. But if, let's say, you poured it yourself from the tube, not directly in your hand. You didn't have the ashes in your hand. You poured it from the tube in there. It's kosher. It's supposed to you should take it, take the ashes and put them in. Here it wasn't attached, right? You didn't attach the dirt to the tube. It's just in the tube. So you see, holding it by something else is by holding it. And therefore, that's proper, the, the halacha, that if a person wants to hold the lulav and estrogel, let's say, in his talus, you know, standing under his talus and he's holding it like that, apparently that's okay according to the way Rabbi Paskins. Like, 
Another thing that Rabbah gave him advice, Rabbah was saying, don't do this, don't do that. Rabbah contradicted him on the first two things. He said, he said that, uh, um, that that's not a chatzitza because he said, remember he said that, um, that if you have a binding, it's not a chatzitza because it's for the beauty of the item itself. So he disagreed with Rabbah on that and he disagreed with Rabbah about, about holding it via something else, right? Uh, maybe an example would be, um, let's say that now we daven outside People who have a half a brain uh, should daven outside. And let's say it's very cold, coming sukkah's time. Maybe it's going to be freezing outside, and it's so cold. Maybe you have to wear gloves. You know, so can you hold the lulav in your gloves? Here, if it's not lebizayon, it's just the opposite, because the only way you can daven, uh, maybe that's the proper thing to do according to this. Bamaraba, lo lidotz inish luluva boshana. Let's say, um, let's say you you first bound the hadasim and the arabas. And then you want to stick the lulav into the binding, right? Now the lulav we know is much bigger and stronger and tougher than the uh, than the adasim and the arabas. And when you stick it into the binding, you might shear off some of the leaves of the adasim and the arabas. So Rabbi says, don't do that. Why? Because maybe you'll knock off some of the leaves. Now they're not attached anymore. If they're not attached, they're in the binding and they're not attached. That's a chatzitza. That's also an interposition. Rabbi says, no, min bimino, ain't a chotzitz. That's not a chatzitz. It's the same species. It's not a chatzitza. It's like if you have a piece of skin, you know, it's the same thing. Skin is not a chatzitza on skin. Yamaraba, a similar thing. Ligos inish lulava boshana. Let's say you have the, let's say in the oshana, in the wreath of the three species, uh, you want to cut off some of the lulavim leaves. They're too long or whatever. So if they're in there and you cut them from the bottom, what happens? They're still in the wreath. Some of the ones that are cut off are still in the wreath, but they're bound in there together. They're bound in, and yet they are, they're not attached. So also the Mishtaira Hutza, because some of the leaves of the, calls the Hutza here is the leaves of the, uh, of the palm branch of the Lulav, will be disattached, will be detached. Vavichatzitza, Rabbi says the same thing, min bimino and chotzitz, whether you're pushing the Lulav into the wreath of the other two, or you're detaching some of the Lulav leaves while it's in the wreath, in either case, you've got loose leaves now but that are simply attached in the reef, in the binding. So that's not a problem, says Rabbah. Min bimino, it's in the same species. That's not a chatzitza. As long as it's still within the binding, you still only got those three species, whether some of the leaves are, dis- are detached or not. Yom Hadashal mitzvah also l'riachbo. Listen to this. You're not allowed to smell the hadasim during the seven days. You know, many times on Yant, if you want to make an extra bracha to be, ma- to, to be mashlim mea brachas, so you make a, a you know you make a barmin psamim. Let's say you want to make that bari atzad something whatever you make on hadasim. You shouldn't do that on on sukkahs because it's not why it's just like the sukkah itself. We had more before Rashi refers to it that just the, the walls of the sukkah, everything in the sukkah, the ornaments etc. are asur all seven days since they were set aside for the mitzvah. The same thing the hadasim are set aside for the mitzvah not to smell. So you're not supposed to smell them. You're not supposed to use them as psamim and smell them during the seven days of. Yantif, Esrik Shal Mitzvah, but an Esrik Mitzvah Mutalrich, but you're allowed to. What's the reason? Why are you allowed to smell the Esrik? You're not allowed to smell the Hadassim. My time. Hadass, Lerechakoi. Hadass, basic, its purpose is to smell. What do you do with Hadassim? Use them for Besamim. So, so, Kiakse, when you set them aside for the Mitzvah, Merechakse, you set them aside. I'm not going to use it now for spices, for smelling. 
but I'm going to use it for the mitzvah. So therefore, it's set aside for the mitzvah. It's muktzah. It's muktzah for the mitzvah. Muktzah means set aside, whether it's set aside for good or for bad, right? Like you say, muktzah on Shabbos. Those things are set aside for malach or for other things. You don't use them. Here, it's set aside for the mitzvah. Esrog lechilukai, a regular esrog. If you wouldn't be using it for the mitzvah, what would you do with an esrog? Esrog is like a lemon. You use it for eating purposes. Ki'akze, when you set it aside for yontif, me'achilakze, you set it aside from eating it, but rather going to use it for the mitzvah, but you didn't, you didn't remove it from smelling it. So if you want it, to, it's not usually used for smelling, but if you wanted to smell it, it's okay to smell. The Amar Abba, another thing they said, and here Rabbah didn't contradict him. The Amar Abba, Hadasma, Mechuber, Listen, now, now we're talking about smelling the Esrogim and the Hadasim, we're leaving Sukkot for a minute. We're leaving the holiday. Leave it aside for a minute. A regular Shabbos. Uh, you're walking along and you see a Hadasim tree. Are you allowed to go over and smell it? You want to smell it? Can you smell it? So Adas Mechuber Mutler, you're allowed to smell. Esrog Mechuber Asarichbo. But an Esrog, you can't go over to an Esrog tree, which is attached now. It's attached now and smell the Esrog on Shabbos, my time. Hadas Lerichkoi, Adas, which is made for smelling. Isharisle, if you allow him to smell, we're not talking about Sukkot now, regular Shabbos. Isharisle, if you allow him to smell, awesome, he's not going to cut it off because he wants to smell it. It's just the opposite. Probably it smells better on the tree. Why, why would he cut it off? There's no reason for it to cut it off. He could smell it on the tree. There's no reason to take it off the tree. So therefore, if you want to smell it on a regular Shabbos, you can go over to the tree and smell it. Which is normally made for eating, if you're not, not Sukkot time, made for eating. If you allow him to smell it, he might cut it off. He might take it and eat it. So therefore, you see, uh, he's not going to eat it on the, he's not going to eat it while it's on the tree. Usually, when you want a fruit, you're going to take it off the tree and eat it, right? And even then, you might say, well, how do you know he'll cut it off? Maybe he'll eat it while it's on the tree. You know what Rashi says? Ain't the chatolish got on these eating it while it's on the tree, taking a bite while it's on the tree. That's also tolish. That's also cutting it off, right? So, uh, so it's interesting that esra you can't smell while it's on the tree. On sukkahs you could smell it when it's in your hand, right? When it's detached. But all year round on Shabbos you shouldn't smell it because you might come to take it off and eat it or eat it while it's on the tree. But uh, dasim, which you're not going to, there's no reason to take it off the tree. So you can go and smell it. See, that's the idea. Of how far did you go? But Amarabba. Amarabba. Lulav be amin. That's what we smell like. We know. We hold the lulav in the right hand and the esrog in the left hand when we do the mitzvah. My time. Hani plus mitzvah. mitzvah. Even though technically it's all one mitzvah. As we said, if you don't have any of the four hada, any of the four minim, you can't be out to the mitzvah. It's one mitzvah, but it's like three hefzid a mitzvah in one hand and one in the other. Since it's three in one hand, three together, they're bound together, and the other one is not bound together, as we learned out of the psukim. So therefore, with the three, we put in the right hand, which is always considered the stronger, the better hand, and we put the esrog in the left hand. Amler of Yemel of Zreka. Matam, matam, why do we make the brach until slulav? We all know the esrog is the more expensive one, creates hodar. Why do we all make the brach on the lulav, the tilas lulav? Hold the goam, since it's higher than all of them. The assumption over here is, that it's higher in all of them, like we said before, the esrog is supposed to have a tefah higher than the other ones, the way you hold them. So hold the esrog higher. Why don't you just say, so make the esrog higher. Hold the lulav down, the esrog higher. We don't mean when you're holding it. We mean when it naturally grows, the palm tree is much higher than the other trees, and therefore, therefore it has more chashivas when we make the bracha on the lulav. Where during the tefillah do we wave it? Now the Gemara is going to say, who mentioned anything about waving? Usually you say, you have to wave it. Okay, where do you wave it, right? Which says, where do you wave it? At the beginning, of, in Perik Kuf Ches of Tehillim, which we say is part of, which is we say in Hallel, of course, that's Hallel, which we say 
on Yantif, and we say on Rishchodesh, we say it, etc. The beginning, the first Pasuk of Perak Kuf Yud Ches is Hodul Hashem Ki Tov Chasto. And the last Pasuk, Pasuk Chavtes of Perak Kuf Yud Ches is Hodul Hashem Ki Tov Chasto. This is an interesting Perak. The first Pasuk is the same, and the last Pasuk is the same. And that's what really what we do. When we say Hodul Hashem Ki Tov Chasto, we wave it. And then when we say the last Pasuk, at the end of Halal, that's the same Perak. It's all the same Perak. We repeat that Pasuk. So he says, where do you wave it? At the beginning of the parak and the end of the parak. We also add on other psukim too, by Yom Hashem also, but this is the basic idea. And we wave it on Hashem Hashiyana, Divrei Beis Hillel. Hashem added even Hashem Hashiyana, but we go like Beis Hillel, by Hashem Hashiyana, and not by Hashem Hashiyana. Amr Abakiva, just to finish the mission before I said, Amr Abakiva, so far, I looked, I saw Rabbi Nulil and Bishua, Shakala Mai Menana Sluvayim, everybody waved their Lula, Behemo Nano El Bar Hashemashina, they only waved Bar Hashemashina. Famous part that we've said many times, just for those who haven't heard it, uh, I think it's, it's Rabbi Epstein said the word, why is it that we wave the, uh, the Lula by Ara Hashemashina and not by Ara Hashemashina? Because when a person needs a Yeshua, a person has a uh, medical issue or a serious problem in his life and he needs only a Yeshua from Hashem, so we wave it in all directions, meaning to show that a person will go to any extreme, will go anywhere to, to solve it. If he's got to go uh, around the world for medical advice, for medical help, or for some other problem that he has in the family or whatever, whatever the issue is, if it's a, a person needs a real Yeshua, he'll, he should go, he'll go anywhere to do it. But if a person wants to just be matzliach, he's matzliach right here. If people say, oh, I can't be matzliach in Israel. I can only make a living in Los Angeles or whatever it is, you know. He says, no, if you want to be matzliach, you matzliach wherever you are. You don't have to go around the world for that. All right, says the Gemara, Nanu Amman What You said, where do you wave it? As if we already know you're supposed to wave it. Who said anything about waving? He says, Hasan it's going on the previous cave we had more before. Kalul of Sheshbo, Shloshet Fachim, Kedei Lananeabo. Lulav, it has three Tfachim. And we... Misha says, in order to wave it. But, um, it. Really, the Gemara explained it to me, and an extra tefach to wave it. In other words, it's three tefachim, even with the Hadassim and the Arabas, and another tefach on top, higher, to be able to wave it, that's kosher. So you need at least four tefachim in a lulab. That's the length of the lulab. And it says there, you have to be able to wave it. So now our Misha says, where do, where do you wave it? You wave it over here in uh, Hallel at the beginning of Hodulash, at the beginning of uh, of Perak that starts with Hashem, and at the end of the Perak, by both Psukim, it says Hodul Hashem, Hodul Hashem, Kitov Kilom Chasto, and also by Yon Hashem Moshiana. Okay, there's another discussion that I've always had that nobody in the world agrees with me, but I've always had this issue when we repeat the Psukim. You know, many of the psukim we repeat, and we, you know, on a, uh, uh, near, near the end, we, we, uh, we repeat them, and they repeat on Hashem Hashina, but we don't read, the Pasuk reads, on Hashem Hashina, Hashem that's one Pasuk, on Hashem Hashina, we stop in the middle of the Pasuk, and we repeat on Hashem Hashina, and then we say the end of the Pasuk, on Hashem Hashina, even though, you're allowed to because this is uh, part of Nach. It's not part of the Torah and Kol Psukid Lo Pasuk Moshe. We don't we don't say Hashem's name unless we say the whole Pasuk. This is not part of Torah's Moshe. It's part of Nach. You're allowed to. But I always think. And then afterwards, Baruch Hashem Hashem. We also repeat the whole Pasuk. Only by Hashem 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 we stop in the middle of the Pasuk, repeat that part, and then the other half. I think the whole thing is a mistake. 
I think it was started by a chasm somewhere who stopped in the middle of the Pasuk and did it that way, but it's become so universal that that's the halacha and everybody does it. I think it's simply a mistake that, uh, that he repeated it, you know, and, and he did it that way. Maybe not. Maybe that's because he, because he talked about Anash HaMashiach and he's supposed to wave it. Maybe that's the reason why he's doing it. I don't know. But I always had this feeling that the whole thing is a mistake because you should repeat the whole, say the whole Pasuk, then repeat the whole Pasuk like the Pesukim before, Otcha Hashem, and the Pesukim after, Baruch HaBav Hashem, where we say the whole Pasuk and then repeat the whole Pasuk. Anyway, side thing. Tan awesome. We learn over there, where else are we have waving? We wave, the Pusik says there's waving, we do various carbonos. And on Shavuos, we take the Shtei Lechem, the two loaves, and the Shnei Kifsei Atzeres, and the two Kfasim we bring as the car, part of the carbon for the, uh, for the Yantav of, of Shavuos. And the two loaves are waved on the, uh, on, together with the animals, the two little lambs, while the lambs are alive. We're not talking about other waving that's done by different carbonos, that Tunufa that's waved, with uh, parts of animals, like by the shlum, after they have been slaughtered, but while they're alive. Ketzer Rosa, how do you do this? You put the two loaves on the two live lambs. Put your hands underneath it. And you wave. Uh, and you wave. Forwards and backwards, like to and fro. Then up and down. This is all talking about by the Shteya this waving that we're talking about there. That's how you do it. Even though the Pasuk Rashi says, it says, the animals are on top, we learn out from the Miluim, where this is also done, not just on Shavuos throughout the generations, but in the Miluim, the base of Migdash, it was done with the breads on top, so we learn from there that you do with the breads on top. Shenemar, Pasuk is Hunaf, which is waved, Asher Huram. Hunaf means in the four directions, you wave it back and forth, and Huram is up and down. How do you know it's down? Because if it goes up, it's got to come down, right? Whatever goes up, goes goes down. Malav ain't aliyah You can't lift something up without taking it down. Amar b'yochanan. Molochomevi, what's the reason for this tenufa? Molochomevi, lamisha abras ruchoshalo. Again, Rabbi Yochum, we're talking about the tenufa on Shavuos, which is learned out partially from Miluim. So Rabbi Yochum says, Molochomevi, you go forwards and backwards, lamisha abras ruchoshalo, in all directions. You go all four directions, back and forth, to and fro, to show that uh, to, we're doing it to the, to the one who has all four directions, meaning to one who, who encompasses the whole world. The whole world is his. Malamorit also up and down. Lamisha Shemayim Ba'aretz Shalom to the one who, who, uh, who the heavens and the earth belong to, meaning this is all honor to God. The Marava Masnu Hachi. In Eretz Yisrael, they learned it this way. You, you go to and fro in the four directions to restrain the harmful winds. By doing it that way, we restrain the winds. Malo mori up and down kadei latzot lomram to restrain the bad dews, the bad dew, the the bad dew, the dew that's destructive, the harmful dews. So that's another reason, not simply covered for Hashem, but rather it has this purpose. This is all by the tenufa. We're not talking yet about the lulav. Amar biyosi brava abam vitem biyosi rabzvila zosamers. You see from over here that shiareha mitzvah ma'akven asapurnos. What is Shiar Mitzvah? Shiar Mitzvah means things that are not necessary, that are not indispensable for the Mitzvah. Here, this is Shiar Mitzvah. If you didn't do the Tanufa, you're still Yotze, right? There are things like Shiar Mitzvah. Remember the, the leftover dam that we pour on the, uh, on the uh, holes in the uh, lower west, the southwest corner of the Mizbeach? <coughs> That's, you're supposed to do it, but if you didn't do it, you still have your Kapara. Kapara is with the main Zerika of the dam. So Shiar Mitzvah means like the leftover stuff, the, the, the parts of the Mitzvah that are dispensable. If you didn't do it, Still, even though you didn't do the tenufa, your yotze, but ma'akana sparsik, could still hold back punishment and calamity. And this is a big thing. Even this is not, this is not the main part of the mitzvah. If you didn't do this mitzvah, part of the mitzvah, you're still yotze, 
you're still yotzei the mitzvah. Still, even the leftover part, the, the dispensable parts of the mitzvah, like the minor parts of the mitzvah, can can hold back and can restrain calamity because you see it holds back the evil, uh, the harmful winds and the harmful dews. Shrei tnufa shiari mitzvah. That tnufa is simply a leftover part of mitzvah. It's like a dispensable part of the mitzvah. It's not the main part. But Sarah's ruchos can hold back the the harmful winds and the dews. V'tlam ram v'amarava. And Rava says, uh, This is we just said by Lulav, by going back to forwards and backwards in the four directions and up and down. That's the same idea by Lulav. We do it for covered for Hashem for one interpretation, and the other one is for to hold back the harmful winds. Ravacha bar Yaakov, he would go forwards and backwards with his Lulav. Omar, he said, Dain gira this mitzvah that we're performing is an arrow in the eye of the satan. In other words, by doing this mitzvah, we're, we're, we're being Mekayim Hashem's words, and, uh, you know, he doesn't have any power. Like, look at the satan. I'm able to do God's, God's will, and the satan cannot hold me back. This is like an arrow in the eyes of the, of the satan. Velav Milsi, don't try that at home, boys and girls. Mishim because this will stir him up. This will provoke the Sahara. And he'll unleash the the Sutton is the Yetzahara, Rashis Garbal Sutton Shu Yetzahara, and then he's gonna to try to entice you and provoke you to do uh, to do to go against the will of God. So don't try that at home. Don't do that. We should when you have when you do the love and, and the the the, the uh, when you do the na'anunim, you should have kavana for the two interpretations that we brought in the Gemara. To give honor to God who is in all these directions and to hold back the harmful winds and the harmful dues. Tomorrow's daf from Yitzhak Shem is daf Lamed Ches will be on the podcast. And on Sunday, we'll start from the seventh line on daf Lamed Tes at the first two dots there, uh, on uh, the first two dots on the page on daf Lamed Tes and all. Shabbat Shalom, Lekulam. Have a good day, everybody. Refor Shleimah to all those who need it.